0: Welcome to the Get Offset podcast. My name is Emily. I'm Joan Apart, and uh, we're we're coming at you. We're here for a new episode of the Get Offset podcast, episode number two hundred. Hell yeah! Been doing this for that's almost four years. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's been really cool to see see the growth. Um, you know, this podcast is done more than I ever could have expected it to do. And I just want to give out a quick thank you to those who've listened over
1: over the years and hopefully still are. Yeah, no, again, like when I was looking through the episodes in preparation for this, I realized in going down the list of episodes that I've pretty much kind of listened almost since the beginning, because like every time I Crossed like a certain uh, episode name, and I was like, "Oh yeah!" Like it would start to vividly like I remember that episode, like what mm-hmm. you guys talked about. But yeah, a lot of people I've met through listening to the podcast, really grateful, and I love the humanity that's found. Not just gear, but there's really something in the community that, when you guys talk about some of these topics, that I think other podcasts or other just really don't get to the heart of.
0: Yeah, thank you. That means a lot, and uh, for all those who are listening. We still have uh, reviews on iTunes. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify. Uh, video episodes are actually now available on Spotify, which is pretty cool. I was wowed by that. I was like, wow, they're doing this. This is awesome. (laughs) They're not all up there. Um, but many of them are, (laughs) uh, I do have an upload limit on my internet and every month I exceed it. I've done that a couple of times. It's like, Hey, you're about to up. You did. (laughs) Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah, I always love it when it's, I get the email on like one of the last two days of the month, you've used 90% of your data for <laughs> yes. the month, like success. TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. Get my money's worth, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm clocking in and clocking out. <laughs> mm. Clock you <yeah. laughs> yeah. Uh I'm not giving you anything for free. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's, it's, it's amazing. Um, I'm just really,
1: really thankful for it.
0: Yeah, um, you guys really worked cool. hard
1: on this and mm-hmm. uh, the way that it has blossomed and created a community that's part of it, not only the Discord, but also the yeah. demos and stuff like that. Like you have a lot to be uh proud of. You've accomplished a lot.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Don't know what I was thinking starting a podcast, but here we are. <laughs> um Yeah, but I was reading I was reading some data, going through some data this yeah. month, this week, and um did you know that currently 64% of music festival lineups are all male, like like the 64% of the bands either mm-hmm. only have men in them or it's um, a, a male performer,
1: 64%. I mean, that's kind of feels like it's, yeah, I mean, it's common.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's come a long way. You think about oh, Woodstock has. 99. Woodstock 99 had three female performers, one for every day of the festival. Alanis <laughs> Morissette, ahead. Jewel, and Sheryl Crow. Yeah, the tokens. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe there were some women in some of those bands, but... Um, Nothing's really sticking out to me when you think of the performers. But then, like, even if, like, say, Kid Rock had performed and he is a woman on drums, it wouldn't have counted because Kid Rock is is a solo performer.
1: Um, But, yeah, I mean, when you think about it, um, when you're putting women on your bill, like, hey, we got one. Okay, we're good. We met that quota. We're, you know. Quota. (laughs) That's what it sounds like. Yeah.
0: I don't know how intentional it is still, but it used to be quite intentional. Like, oh, we already have a woman on the bill. They'll board. leave us at, alone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> even at a lower level kind of show, like, oh, we have the, the token girl band or whatever. And it wasn't even it, and it was taken less seriously. Yeah, I and mean, I've heard we'll this going through, you know, I'm sure it still happens. I just don't know if people will go out and say it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they won't say the quiet part out loud, you mean? No, they they
0: try not to. But um, I was reading some data from the bookmorewomen.com website, okay. and it is getting better. Um, At least through 2021, it had been getting better. Back in 2012, when they first started tracking this, and what they do is they look at the show posters for all the major festivals in the United States, mm-hmm. and then they look to see where are the women. And they're the ones who will make those posters. It'll be a gif of the default poster and then they'll remove all the male names and just Mm -hmm. see how many women are left and that's that really makes it quite stark because one you notice a lot of the top build acts are just completely gone yeah and then it just kind of trickles down from there which (sighs) you know if it when you look at Younger bands and people who are learning music, it's a lot more equitable the farther down the pyramid you get um, in that kind of way or the further up. I don't know. Whichever direction you start at. <laughs> uh, and then there are just so many more hoops that uh, women have to jump through to get the kind of success to get, you know, mid to top billing on on some of these festivals. Uh, so you look and some genres are more receptive to women folk for example to the point where a lot of women are kind of characterized as folk music regardless of their genre the same way a lot of black artists are categorized as hip-hop when that's not what they are no and it's unfair to do so yeah you think of that first santa gold album like that's just an indie rock album but she's black so people kept calling it hip-hop I'm like, oh, I don't see how. Uh, can y'all see the problem with that? <laughs> like, yeah. female f- and female fronted is not a genre. That's. Yeah. Women have been saying that since at least the 90s. Yeah. I feel I
1: mean, like. Uh, I think also, if I think about bands, and again, I don't want to butcher too much would I say that, like Skunkanese, it's like you have like a rock band, but it's fronted by a black woman, which I don't see much, like if you think cult of personality and living color around the same time, it was very hard for either women of color or people of color to break through. and especially even still, of color. Especially, yeah, especially in a genre that they're not customly associated with with being a part of. So Mm -hmm. I definitely think their voices in these areas of music are deafened or quieted um, when they should be more present today. Because I think what they bring to the table is really important for evolving the music in ways that it hasn't before. Like it has become rather stale and bland in many ways.
0: Yeah. But like, let's look at this data since 2012. Mm -hmm. In 2012, 82% of the lineups were all male it gets worse in 2013 84 percent then 81 percent um 2017 it gets down to 76 percent and their goal this organization is to break it down just more equitably like they would of love course. 50, 50 yeah. Per, like, yeah sure have your half all male acts but then we want female nb mixed gender yeah. bands obviously um yeah, and
1: L- yeah lgbt all-inclusive at least 50 percent yeah it just just make it more make that it earth, look more man. like
0: your your concert goers in that kind of regard of course and i think you're not going to sell fewer tickets i used to work for a smaller festival and every single year our lineups would be 50 percent female or nb or mixed gender it just it, it was equitable and we never promoted that We never were like, look at our diverse lineup. We just, here are the bands and people said, that's awesome. And we sold out every year. No, easy. It's It's really easy. But yeah, back in 2012, 9% of the bands were female and 9% were mixed gender. You look Hmm. at last year, females gone up to 28%. Mixed gender has gone up to 9%. Well, that's actually still at 9%. um, But that... Breakdown is uh, more equitable. 58% all male. Um, And then you have the unidentified and non-binary groups in there making up a a, a small but mighty proportion that's growing tremendously. So that's really cool to see.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, again, you can see the numbers, how, of course... Before, where you had eighty percent or seventy percent, and now you're talking about numbers that are in the sixties. So there is some kind of movement that's going in the direction where we're having more visibility for women, people of color, and you know women of color and uh, LGBT, non-binary, everything.
0: Yeah, and and I kind of worry that we're plateauing a little bit in that growth, mm. just because it seems like it's gone a little bit backwards. In fact, the number they have in their header right now, that organization. Um, bookmorewomen.com, the header says 64% of the lineups are all male. And if that's this year's number and last year's with 58, that is a bit of a backslide. It was. And Pitchfork was talking about this too. Back in 2017, uh they said, Are music festival lineups getting worse? As in, are they getting less unique? And I think the answer, mm. just looking at the data, is yeah, these festivals are not extremely diverse. you, you know a lot of the big ones that used to be independent like Bonnaroo are now run by like AEG so The big Mm. promoter is AEG Live Nation. They're running a lot of the same
1: festivals.
0: They're booking a lot of the same bands.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's like when you think of uh, Hollywood and you have uh, a series of movies and they're all fronting Jason Momoa. Like every starring role all coming out similar times. It's like you're booking the same people. Like it's not diverse. It's, oh, it's these people again. Like you're totally disengaging your other demographics because you're like, uh not interested
0: yeah people used to follow these festivals but why are you going to follow them if they all have identical lineups like 2005 yeah. bonnaroo shared less than 10 percent of its lineup with coachella and lollapalooza and now bonnaroo shares uh 37 ish well as 2017 bonnaroo shares 37 percent of its acts with lollapalooza and coachella and that's not just them; it's they're all becoming more homogenized and the same. Mm. And this really took off around it looks like 2009. So okay. I would love to see, and I think that would help. I think if the lineups were more diverse, then people wouldn't feel so much about like equality being a pie where more for me means less for you, because there would be more opportunities. But that just isn't the case right now.
1: No. And again, having some of the similar bands with different festivals and situations like, again, like you are missing out on other bands that could be fronting different festivals. So you'll have maybe some of the bands that you like, but you'll be exposed to new bands, which are really what I think is going to be the best thing going forward.
0: And that's what I love about going to festivals. I... No, okay. I, I was kind of bummed. I missed a day in day out festival in Seattle this weekend. Uh, right. I had family in town, but man, their lineup was stacked. It was great, and I'm sure they sold a lot of tickets because it was such a good lineup. And guess what? It was a it was a pretty diverse lineup. Awesome. So you know, I, I think obviously things are getting better in that regard. But We have a long way to go, and I think there are some pretty clear some pretty clear solutions. But that that brings us to talk about some of the solutions are essentially collectivism and organization (laughs) and there are organizations out there um you and i both saw a twitter thread from at christina v london that was just a list of a bunch of resources a non-exhaustive list of resources
1: focused on women in music yeah very accessible uh easy to go through yeah not convoluted it was great
0: yeah, it had a little um a little note about the gist of each one. Yeah. But uh Book More Women was one of those. Their goal is really to get equity, especially in festival lineups and more things like that. And then there's Diversify the Stage, which was founded by um the woman Anna Lee Medea from Fits in the Tantrums. Okay. Yeah, so she found that one back in 2020. So did you, could you, you want to tell us about some of these organizations because those two are very much focused on live music. They're not all focused on live music.
1: No. Uh, the one at least that I look forward is, uh, Amplify Her Voice, which is also, uh, created by the same woman that created this uh, resource, uh, Christina London. And uh, it's, I guess, more, you could say, a broader approach to, you know, helping and confront gender equality in the uh, music industry. They're dedicated to helping careers advance for women in music. There's internships, mentorships, uh, volunteering, educational, networking, a lot of creative opportunities. And they give, you know, tools, you know, not just, you know, to support for just work, but also how to thrive. In the music industry, um, they have a weekly blog, uh, album reviews, industry news. They have a discord server, um, which I thought was great. Uh, they have resources on, you know, anti-sex violence, uh, which was safe tour, my music, my body and calling crows, um, One of the Hmm. other things that they do uh, that I saw and I looked through their website, um, they produce uh, free panels and masterclasses uh, to further develop audiences skills uh, for our audience's skills, Um, host uh, networking uh, events, uh, aspiring music industry workers professionals um, they interviews with women identifying musicians and industry professionals partner with local and national music companies. Um, they definitely have a global community um, that's pretty large. Uh, they work with uh, industry powerhouses like Universal Music, Warner Music and the Recording Academy. but um, so far from what I read, um, it has a lot of resources that somebody could use if they're looking to advance. Uh, in the music industry. And I thought it was a really good uh, compiled uh, website.
0: Yeah. I mean, and that's a great point is is that it's not just about Mm-mm. what the bands look like though that's the most visible thing it's who's actually working at these companies and what do they consider diversity because diverse voices are going to lead to diverse solutions and i don't mean that strictly in your demographic breakdowns no. but when people come from different places and have different experiences they have different solutions for of the course. problems that we're all experiencing different walks of life things like yeah. things like how can musicians make money <laughs> how can we make money and stuff yeah like that. Um there's another similar organization that wasn't on this list that's fa- founded by a woman named Candace Newman and she was a higher up at um I bl- one of one of the big um concert promotion companies. I'm I'm I it's I'm pretty sure it was Live Nation, but hmm. she has a similar organization with workshops, they post about internships, Wonderful. she yeah. hires interns, and she likes to outreach to people who love music who aren't necessarily majoring in music business related things she's like hey do you like music do you want to be in live music and you're studying accounting that we need those
1: (laughs) (laughs) guess what there's
0: money where there's a place to count money we need an accountant (laughs) yeah and things like that because she she sees that a lot of people are kind of pushed out of pursuing their passions and she tries to find, like, more creative ways to help people get into those industries, very much focused on women, and especially women of color. Um, she's a black woman herself. And you- I, I was talking to her a while back, and she did say that, you know, some of these companies think that diversity is having, like, a white woman on the board or something. And oh, yeah. and sometimes that that person is, like, a relative or a spouse to yeah. other People in the organization, which, you know, you probably shouldn't hire your relatives and spouses in general. Yeah,
1: that's a, that would be, that's a mess. Like not a good strategy.
0: Yeah. I mean, some companies have policies specifically against that and some don't, obviously. Yeah. So it's it's the same kind of thing. So amplifyhervoice.org. Let me pull up the Live Out Live website. But um that's another great one. I know she's based in California. Liveoutlive.com. Nice. Um yeah, it's a really cool um organization. And you can give to all of these, of course. So those two, mm-hmm. they're they're pretty broad. I mean, it's that those yeah. two seem mostly focused on the industry side but there are others that focus on live music as we talked about getting more women on the stage mm-hmm. uh and then there are a few including women in music and we are moving the needle.org. women in music was founded in 1985 it's a long time a resource for women in the music industry as a whole uh we are moving the needle is uh they say they this is their um, Bio: A nonprofit organization supporting all women recording industry professionals, audio engineers, and producers. Um, there was a study in March of 2021 that found only two percent of the producers um, the, of, of like, the, the top music released that year okay. were women. Two percent. Wow, that's that's horrifying. <laughs> yeah, producers but, and audio engineers actually that makes it worse. Oh.
1: Yeah,
0: uh-uh. which is wild when you think about there's plenty of success with women producers and engineers. Yeah. Susan Rogers was a longtime engineer for Prince. Um, mm-hmm. Emily Lazar, fellow Emily, she is yeah. um, she created We Are Moving the Needle. She's a Grammy winning nominated eight times for Grammys uh, producer, mastering engineer. um She's a, she, I'm sorry. She's a mastering engineer. I was like, I knew okay. that. So, uh, so she is trying to, you know, move the needle in progress in the studio. And like I said, when I, I went to school for music business and part of that was studio production. And I had to learn some studio production, but it wasn't my focus. And as it became time to pick a focus, you really did see more women gravitate toward the business side and fewer women gravitate toward the producer side. Mm. And I just, I don't believe that it is a matter of intrinsic interest. I was definitely interested in studio stuff, but I think I saw more opportunities for myself on the business side. Because okay. you do what you see.
1: Yeah, I was trying to think off the top of my head, one of the producers, I don't remember if it was on one of the albums for, was it Manchester Orchestra or Holy Holy? I'm trying to think what it was, but I know on one of those albums that I i loved, um, there was actually a woman who was a producer on that and her name is not coming to mind right now. But I knew that was basically one of the uh, producers that I definitely knew was a woman on one of those. Yeah, I'm.
0: I'm not sure which one. Feel free to look it up. Yeah, I figured
1: I'd look
0: that up. Yeah, so there is, um, gosh, which university? USC Annenberg did a study in March 2021, um, an inclusion initiative survey, and they go by year. One of this, there's so much data in this, I wouldn't know where to start, but um, the prevalence of women artists across the top 900 songs of the year it really hovers like at the lowest was 16.8 and the highest was 28.1. That's only a quarter of women. Oof. Only a quarter of women. And uh, women are more likely to be solo artists than part of bands. Um, all of those artists, that's 21.6%. Uh, um, 30% are individual artists, so solo artists, and only 73 are in bands. Wow. Oh. Yeah, I. The only thing is, I don't think that really shows how the difference between women and men in bands, because just in general, becoming being a solo performer is more and more popular. But yeah, you're a little more hard pressed to find women bands in that top echelon of of songs, I think. And mm-hmm. it's, it's like uh, you can think of like Emily Wolf being in a band. She's it's still considered a solo performer. Yeah,
1: no, I yeah,
0: yeah. hailstorm. Yes, that would be a band.
1: Yeah, that definitely is. I love that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I think Wet Leg. Uh, I feel like they're technically a duo, but they're they fell into band ish. Yeah, I would say so. that's like stuff. Yeah, yeah, women write working as songwriters. You think of how many women you know who write songs. Most <laughs> it's yeah. just like I I wrote a lot of songs growing up. Like, just constantly, I knew a lot of more, I, frankly, I think I knew more women growing up who wrote songs than men. Exactly. But 87% of songwriters um, are men on these popular songs. Hmm. Just wild to think
1: of. So. It was, it, it's interesting, obviously, I wonder how much percent of that is gatekeeping or is that that they're more active or getting more opportunities than women, which probably is more likely. Being a successful
0: songwriter is very relationship driven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you have to have relationships with other songwriters. You have to have relationships with publishing people in publishing song pluggers. You have to have relationships with producers and musicians. And those are just areas where women that that's, that's where women tend to get squeezed out in these things a lot of the
1: time. Yeah, we're taking advantage yeah. of unsafe yeah. kind of environments so going into obviously do songwriting or be heard and, you know, they're getting messages inappropriately from a producer or something in which they're like, hey, um, I don't know if I really want to do this or I need to find another avenue and then they're having trouble finding those mm-hmm. other avenues. So that's yeah. also part of the scene that's problematic.
0: Yeah, and you know, a big problem in business in general is a lot of deals are made in places where women aren't either literally aren't allowed, like certain golf courses or strip clubs.
1: You know, gentlemen's clubs, yeah.
0: Gentlemen's clubs, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which you know, nothing wrong with enjoying those those kinds of places, but if that's where deals are being made, that makes it a lot harder. Yeah, less competition. Yeah, it was competition for whoever sitting at that table. Yeah, of course, this is not to say women can't write hits. How many hits no. has Megan Trainor written? Taylor Swift, Adele. Yeah. They're oh, probably... Yeah, so there's no reason for these huge differences other than exclusion. This doesn't happen by accident. No. Maybe it happens because you don't notice it happening, but on one hand it doesn't happen by accident there are systems and processes involved that make it harder for women to enter and have success in these realms but it it can also happen
1: because you're not working hard enough to prevent it from happening of course yeah i mean yeah. it's if, if you're basically allowing a situation where um, you're looking for someone to fill a spot in a band or you're looking for someone to front the band and you're more looking to somebody, you know, rather than trying someone new as far as somebody who is a woman or, you know, non-binary or LGBT or anything or people of color. Um, again, you're intentionally choosing to not hire or not engage with people that may add a different element to what you're doing. And give more opportunities
0: mm-hmm yep <laughs> and if you're not looking outside of your immediate friend group yeah hire anybody
1: that that's not helping anyone hey new people could potentially new people. be new yeah. friends yeah I mean you could actually yeah. meet some people through this where you finally find the person that you're collaborating with that you know, you write the most amazing music together that you never had before and never would have if you didn't step out of your creative comfort zone or social yeah. circle. Like, you need to step out of your comfort zones because if you just make the same damn record over and over again, I'm sure, yes, you'll have an audience. But mm-hmm. are you really enjoying making the same music? I mean, if if that is, then fine. But I feel like in some ways oh. as an artist, we have to somehow grow or find new ways or else yeah like what's the point
0: i think that you you want your music to be immediately familiar but -hmm. you also want to stand out i mean there are reasons that's that's why max martin has uh, from the past eight years the the top 900 songs over the past eight years he wrote 44 of them 44 I mean, and that's like not even necessarily the peak of Max Martin. He goes farther back than that. You know, he is a machine. (laughs) Way back. (laughs) He's a pop machine and he has been since the 90s. But bringing other people into that fold is a great way to get new influences. Maybe something you didn't hear before is kind of Of kicking around in the back of their mind. Like fusing those things together can make really exciting music. And if you don't if everything kind of sounds the same like frankly you listen to a lot of like the pop country and it it really all sounds the same the singers Uh. all sound the same they're all those low tenors the instrumentation's all the same the songwriters are apparently all the same Mm. it's it's frustrating yeah
1: from as a fan to have to hear just monotony yeah i mean again like When I was growing up, a lot of the bands that I listened to were more rock and male centric. And as I've gotten Mm -hmm. older, I have gravitated to bands that were more either female fronted or people that were of different diversities. I actually enjoy that kind of element versus kind of what I've grown up with, uh, I find they had unique elements that I had not heard before. And I'm always looking for unique and new approaches to music to listen to. I think I think over the last couple of years, they were saying a lot of the new styles of guitar playing is coming out of Africa and the Middle East now, which I've watched some of those videos on it, and they're making amazing music. It's, yeah.
0: It's just it's different to our ears, and it's makes it feel more inventive.
1: Yeah,
0: and that's the beautiful thing about art is that it can grow and change. And yeah, if you want to go back and listen to something that is um, identical to the stuff you grew up listening to or older music, yeah, that's out there. But um, I like to find I I just get more excited about different things, things that are not <laughs> the same. But a quick question: Can yes. you guess? This is. This is just a quiz. Uh, can you guess which female songwriter has had the most popular songs over the past eight years? Um, uh, I, my my only hint is I was surprised.
1: Okay, it's not. It's not. Taylor Swift, or anyone like
0: that? It's or? not Taylor Swift. Wow. She's the third. Actually, she's tied for second um, with Rihanna. They've both okay. had 14. Nicki Minaj has had 19 wow. hit songs.
1: Nice.
0: Okay. 19. That's crazy. Uh, uh, Cardi B has had 13. Ariana Grande's had 12. Katy Perry's had nine. And Selena Gomez has had nine. Wow. That's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So. <laughs> They're they're out there writing they're out right. No. It's just uh not as many. In fact, less than one percent of those songs had only women writers on them. Wow. And I bet several like even Taylor Swift has often has male writers on her songs. But there's nothing wrong with that.
1: No, there's not at all. I mean it's again, you think about uh, artists that are out there writing music and how many are overlooked. I mean, I can probably list off uh, a few of them, like Jackie Venson, which is a guitar player, singer, songwriter out of, Te- you know, coming out of Texas, I think Austin, Austin. yeah. And the other one is like Nick West, who's a bassist, and I love her. <laughs> she played with Prince. So, I mean, she there's, <laughs> yeah. So, so there's uh, there's some people of color that I do love uh, their music. The one that I was talking about coming out of Africa, Fatoumata, uh, Fatumata, uh was it uh, Dario Wara? Uh, it the yeah. I haven't heard that one out loud yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. I I tried my best, and I apologize if I didn't mm-hmm. nail it correctly. Um, but there is a color show if you look on YouTube, and she is basically playing this song, um, and it was amazing to watch her play. I think she's playing an SG, but uh, I then started to explore her music you know, just directly. And I really did enjoy a lot of what I heard and her singing and everything. So it's good to step out of, your comfort zone and boundaries and explore different forms of music, I never would have thought of some of the ways that I was hearing other languages and played with electric guitars uh, in those ways. So there's a Mm -hmm. lot out there. You just have to actively search for it and want to be inclusive and include it in your circle so that other people can find the joys of hearing these, these sounds, this music from people that otherwise are stifled by either people within the industry, gatekeeping, or not allowing them to sit at the same table which is unfortunate yeah
0: Yeah. um yeah so let's let's do a quick recap of some of these organizations Mm -hmm. um live out live by candace newmans um that's one of them uh do you have the list handy (laughs) well
1: i have pull it
0: up amplify her voice yeah it
1: was the one calling into i will
0: calling all crows and they um They mobilize fans to get involved in feminist movements for justice and equality, which is pretty cool.
1: There is a diverse stage, a network Mm -hmm. of professionals working to establish more inclusive hiring practices and great access to opportunities to live music, events, and touring. Um, There is a WHAMTM. Uh, a nonprofit organization founded by Grammy. We are winning. moving the needle. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yes, I see it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wham, Tam. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. Um, but yeah, Book More Women provides a visual representation of the pervasive gender imbalance that currently plagues music festivals, Start conversations, track progress, and work towards better representation in the future of lineups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me see. What other ones? Uh, um, book
0: More Women. Did you I say that one? Sorry. Yep. I said that. I zoned, I zoned out for a second. My <laughs> brain stopped working.
1: Uh, fitness Media uh, was one. Oh, uh, Finesse. Yeah, Finesse. Sorry. Finesse Media. <laughs> We're... <laughs> yeah we I'm, are just off today i'm about fitting this whole you know drink right now
0: <laughs> yo i was filming a demo we could just go into what's news i was filming mm-hmm. a demo for the surfy trim deluxe by surfy industries it's a 100 analog true bypass oh, nice. uh, stereo tremolo stereo ins and outs mm-hmm. and um two modes a harmonic and then a tr- traditional amplitude modulation style tremolo um i was filming that trying to film that after like this oh is so bad I'm really embarrassed I had taken an edible earlier just oh no <laughs> and at this point Emily realized that she had taken too much I took too, a little too much, apparently, or I took it on an empty stomach. I don't know. It doesn't oh, usually no. hit me that hard. <laughs> and I was just like, just staring. Like, I I, I felt like I was talking really slowly. And darkness, I would stop and I'd be like, friend. restart the line. I just refilmed it this morning when I was a little fresher. I'm like, what's happening? I'm like, I would be in the middle of a sentence and just stop.
1: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this tremolo goes on for days, days. Oh, look. I love... The way that walls paint, just like this. <laughs> <laughs> you, just start appreciating things in your house that you never had previously. Oh my gosh! Or you just—I am just like playing a little bit too long on a certain <laughs> part. I'm like, I don't really part, like that. Yeah. I'm like,
0: wait, I'm not here to dick around. I'm here to <laughs> <laughs> wait. This isn't part of the song, but I really like this. But wait, focus, focus, focus. It's it's a pretty killer <laughs> pedal. Um, I think that the demo for that's going to be, will have been released already. So check it
1: out. <laughs> awesome no, i look forward to checking it out yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially so with that little
0: tidbit <laughs> that's the gist of my what's new that's <laughs> i i have i'm sure there's other stuff but fair. what about you you got some exciting things
1: coming up though yeah no of course Uh i thought uh as one always says like hey i'll take some time off after this last demo and just rest up before i go at it again but uh, life usually does the whole hold my beer. That's that's really nice, <laughs> but uh, that's not what's happening. <laughs> yeah. uh, what's happening with me is uh, I have a good friend. His name's Brian Hunker, and he has been working with a singer-songwriter that operates out of uh, California, and they go back and forth uh, from here over to California. They're still going to school. And uh, they have been writing and recording music together um, for a time period, I think probably within the last year and uh my friend brian has been mixing them as well um it's been really great he sends me them at times to kind of like what do you think of this and then like i guess the one person that he trusts so we're like going back and forth like hey maybe a little forward in the mix like stuff like that you know just an honest like you know um but anyway uh their release party is i think thursday and then they're having a second um gig which is on sunday And Brian, for those, uh, you know, release party kind of gigs, he's like, well, I actually want to play drums for that, like – I know it's short notice, but like, do <laughs> you, f- yeah, I was like, like I thought of you instantly. And I was like, Oh, I'm doing the Emily run the gauntlet. <laughs> <So, laughs>
0: yeah. At least, at least they're all going to be in the right key. You know, that's the thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, so I immediately thought of you because the last like, group of songs that you had to write while you were doing a demo and going crazy so yeah I have like five days I know it's three songs it's not like it's 19 but still it's (laughs) just material that I am having to spend time on uh dive into I love the music though so it's not Mm -hmm. like I'm like you know making my ears bleed like I don't want to do this like no I'm actually enjoying uh doing it um but this also confronted me with the fact that I thought of at the beginning of the year, like, huh, you know, I know, obviously, pandemic wise, and this place still being, of course, Florida, and uh, not really being safe spaces or anything regarding the virus at this point, nor kind of were we ever. Um, I was like, well, at some point, I will want to at least uh, any opportunities to start to gig again, like, maybe I should start thinking about like a small board, like not my recorder board, mm. which is, you know, obviously mm-hmm. the, um, uh, the it's one the that boy. I usually post, yeah, post online, I need to uh. have some kind of smaller board. if I want to go out it's just basically the essentials right so uh when I was talking to Brian he was talking to me about this I was like I don't have a board for this but um let me think if if I'm thinking about lead guitar and I only have two nine volt power adapters to uh you know choose from um let me with my limited, uh, situation, what two pedals are kind of like combo pedals that I can pretty much get everything that I need and cover all my bases for playing the guitar. So I basically chose the, uh, O'Bled Noise Endeavors XSV2 and nice. then also the Earthquaker Devices Dispatch Master. Uh, so I brought those in and we had a session, which was, I think, Friday and everything went really well. They loved how it sounded, um, when I was playing and things I was coming up with because there's some areas that don't have any guitar stuff at all so I'm adding a little bit of myself as well so that also is a unique kind of thing I'm getting to do and it's one of the things that I thought about um, this year and one of the things that I wanted to do I've played with people like in groups or bands but I've never had an opportunity to play with someone who Uh, was a really good friend of mine. So we really enjoy the same music. Whenever we play kind of together, we mesh really well, but we've never kind of collaborated in that kind of sense. So Mm -hmm. in a sense, I'm like, oh, this is a unique opportunity. I'll finally have um, some kind of opportunity to play with someone that I'm really good friends with and have fun doing this um, Mm -hmm. and have it be a positive experience and really work hard at trying to obviously – try to meet the deadlines of you know the time constraints yeah yeah so it's uh it's so bad no it's not yeah
0: and you know it makes a difference if you can like get the the guitar stems or just the guitar part Um, yeah one thing i've been mm -hmm. oh that's great one thing i like to do is i because with premiere pro you can slow down audio but maintain the pitch Mm. i i've had gigs that i could not have done it if i wasn't able to do that um But AnyTune is another great app for Anytune? everyone out there. Okay. It's paid. Um, one the one thing I like about that more than just putting it into Premiere Pro is mm-hmm. you can change the pitch up and downs by semitones. Oh, that's great. Um, which it makes everything else sound really weird, but then you can like actually hear it in in the the key that it's now going to be played in and you can loop certain sections really easily as well mm-hmm. um it's a really great tool and i i used it for my last gig for the country music gig more than um just dropping stuff into premiere pro okay so. awesome yeah i mean yeah.
1: that's actually a really good resource and good to know about. Mm -hmm. I mean, now I'm actually happy to know about that. Yeah, Yeah.
0: it's uh, one of those things, (laughs) one of those tools. (laughs) And I think before I talked about some websites, I used to make charts Mm -hmm. um, and tabs. So, uh, yeah, I'll just try to write everything down because odds of it being in my brain the next day are low. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, I get that. So, like, as far as the next day, I was going on doing things uh, on the Saturday, But that evening, once I got... You know, uh, our session was like three hours of rehearsing with the artist Juliana and Simone. Which uh, the track comes out; it's called California. It's August nineteenth, uh, in which it would be released everywhere. And I would definitely describe the music uh, their sound that they, that they've made is geared kind of, I guess, around towards fans of like, let's say, Taylor Swift, Lena, you know, uh, Lana Del Rey, Jenny Lewis, The Sundays, Joni Mitchell. It's very much in that vein of style of music. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I've enjoyed it so far pretty well, but uh, that night I told him when I left, and I was like, okay, I'm going to need you to do two things. Uh, Can you send me the master track and then send it to me without any of the lead guitar parts so I can hear the masters, and then on another logic track, I can then hear without so that when I'm practicing myself, um, I can make sure... I'm at least playing it so that with the master and without, I can hear them both because mm-hmm. that track won't be playing when I'm with you guys. So I'm going to yeah. need to know. Yeah. So that's really, that was really important to me at first. Uh, it was like, Oh, I'll just send them. And I was like, no, no, no. Time is of the essence. I need both. please." Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's really nice when you can get that. Yeah. Obviously you can't always, it's not always frankly, yeah. I
0: have, uh, <laughs> rarely had success asking people for yeah. those. They're
1: always like, Oh yeah, I can get it for you if you want and like, Yeah, send it and they never do but No yeah, Brian is very considerate and also um Very, very, um, I guess, intuitive, Uh, like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, no problem, like, and he'll send it over. I've never had a problem with him. Just a joy Mm -hmm. to be around and just to do music and stuff like that. I think we meet up like once a week or so. If I can't, it's a client or something. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. really, 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 really great guy. His name's Brian Hunker. You can find some of the stuff online. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I look forward to hearing how
0: all that goes. Uh, I'm sure we'll hear about it next week. Yes, Um, I will talk
1: about it next week
0: for sure. (laughs) But also for next week, we we did mention this was episode 200 of the podcast. Mm -hmm. But by the time I realized that, there wasn't a lot (laughs) of prep we were able to do. So I I think I was hoping – we were both hoping that um, Mm -hmm. those who are watching listen to the podcast this week, maybe you could send in some of your favorite memories from the podcast, maybe guests that we've had that you've liked – Topics we've had that you liked uh, topics that you'd like us to cover again. Uh, Because it's been so long, like so much has changed. And, you know, how I think we would, I would approach some things we talked about early on.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And some things haven't changed at all. <laughs> Thinking about the episode of online trolls,
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a two-parter. No. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was. <laughs> there mm-hmm. was so
0: much to cover.
1: <laughs> there it really prevalence. was. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I like how how we did that one. We got multiple guests um, mm-hmm. and just kind of responded to. We had them record answers to certain questions, and then Andrew and I kind of discussed their answers and what we thought about them. It was. Uh, I, I liked. I liked doing that. You know. Might be a little bit harder when it's not a video, when it's a video podcast and not just yeah. audio, yeah. But not, not so bad, not, yeah, so, not bad, so bad, as I say, yeah. yeah. Um, but we're kind of running a little bit short on time. I have a bit of a schedule today, uh, so sorry to everyone. This might be a little bit shorter, um, than the usual episode. But um, please do, if you're watching this on YouTube, leave those moments in comments. If you're not, um, check us out on Instagram at uh, just at get offset and send us a message. Um, And shoot, if you if you do a little video or something, maybe I'll find a way to uh, to get you to get you in on the the podcast. Maybe you can fun. record a little of something that you like. That'd be actually really cool if you can yeah. record a little video of you talking. We'll try to we'll try to get a few of those in here. Um,
1: yeah, I think that would be great. Yeah, just get some actual, uh, f- you know, fan feedback uh, directly, mm-hmm. either video or even if you don't feel comfortable in front of the camera, like just a write audio. to us. Yeah, yeah a little audio like talk- or something,
0: or just uh, write it down and we'll read it. We'll read mm-hmm. what you send.
1: <laughs> great at
0: reading <laughs> well thanks again joe for being here and everybody out there uh thanks for watching slash listening thanks for understanding until next time my name is emily i'm joan apart goodbye bye-bye